welcome to the DOPA podcast. Fueling conversations around creative wellness and turning negative barriers into positive tools for mental success. Brought to you by the Department of Proactiveness and your host, Alex Normanton. Joining me today is Maxine Penny, Culture Manager of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion for Media Monks Amsterdam. We discuss how to turn failure into reinvention and practical tools on how to reframe disappointments into successful opportunities. Well, here we are. Maxine, I just want to thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And we're really here to talk about how to mentally navigate from failure to reinvention and really discuss your own personal battles and experiences in that, especially over the last year and a half. Yes. And I think it's a topic that's really relevant for people, one that's clearly resonated with many people in different circumstances, quite an issue that creative people come up against on a day-to-day level. Failure means a lot of different things to different people in various different circumstances. Yeah. And then the challenge with failure is that either you get absorbed by it and that kind of leads you down the rabbit hole of despair, or it actually becomes a tool to fuel into a new season, positivity, and actually a rebirth in a way, reinvention. And so, yeah, what is your perspective on failure? And, and where does it stem from, do you think, in your own life? Great question. I mean, it's such an interesting discussion and I can't wait to to delve into all the rabbit holes of what fear can be. But I think for myself, I never really was fearful of anything. Um, and I probably have to say a disclaimer to my parents <laughs> who sometimes listen to these podcasts. And I always go back to family. I think failure and fear sometimes start quite young. And I grew up in a, a religious family And so it was kind of failure to live up to your parents' expectations, failure to live up to, you know, God's judgment, you know, what I can and can't do. And I grew up in a a really small town and I never really let anything hold me back. And again, testament to my parents, I had maybe that youthful confidence um, where you don't fear anything. But as I've got older, lots of things scared me. And I think during the pandemic, I was even scared of the dark because I just wasn't used to it and being on my own and sort of being with my demons. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a long journey. Yeah, obviously, we're talking about failure in terms of expectations. So back to your family, was it about just trying constantly to hit a, a certain level of expectation that you found difficult growing up? Or It's not that they expect it. And I think, again, expectations are our own worst enemies. And so if they listen back to this, they, they probably have had a very different idea or or perspective however for me it was always like trying to be good and never being good enough and so you know even if you you know went out knocking on the doors because they were they were Jehovah's Witnesses um and you did all your hours and you did all your bible study sometimes if you were just being a teenager it wasn't really enough and so you just constantly felt like you weren't yeah, you weren't living up to expectations. Yeah, I guess in terms of religion and Jehovah's Witness, living by a set of rules yeah, and trying to hit certain attributes of that as a religion. And if you feel like, don't do that this week, or I feel like I failed in that, it sounds like those thoughts and feelings 
move with you during life. Yeah, they transport you into the person who you become. So learnt behavior. And I think I wore a mask for, you know, a good 30 years of my life. And that was, you know, even at work, how I presented myself, mm. who I was friends with, how I navigated, you know, the corporate world in London. Mm. I think it was that fear of failure, but you don't see it when you're in it. I mean, mm -hmm. if we talk about failure, I think we should all fail at something because it, yeah. you can learn lessons and we'll go, we'll go into that later. Sure. But I think I just was in kind of survival mode and just keep keep going. The challenge with failure in, in terms of the negative side of it is that you always feel like it's never good enough. And so you keep pushing, keep trying, you know, go, go, go. Uh, this has to be better than the last time I did this. It's a mental challenge within yourself, isn't it? That you want to do things differently. You want to change it the way it was last time. You don't want the same thing to happen if it wasn't a success. Uh, and then it starts become this kind of circular thought pattern in a way. Yeah, it that could be perceived in both ways. It could be good to be like, what what happened? What did I do wrong? What can I learn from it? But sometimes it, it's drowning, you know, you yeah. and suffocating because you're not even good enough for yourself. So. You know, even if at work you you did the best project you could do, you'd still sort of go home and be disappointed in yourself. Because I guess if if we're talking about that connection to religion, Jehovah's Witness, whatever you do and how much you do it, it's always going to fall short of the perfectness of this level that kind of is unachievable in a way. It is unachievable. It's perfectionism. Mm. And I, again, I always thought that perfectionism was that you did everything perfect, but it's not. It's you procrastinate. You live in fear. You don't do what you want to do. And like I said, I never really let anything hold me back. I went to live in Crete when I was 18. I ran away. Yeah. It also led me to move to Amsterdam because I, I got a taste for being outside of my small town. Mm-hmm. And eventually I moved back to London and again had a very rich life in London where mm -hmm. I learned lots of things and mistakes and failures and yeah. failed relationships and things like that. Yeah. I mean, it strikes me that you're quite an adventurous person anyway. Um, which, which was the small town in the UK, by the way? It was Maidenhead, okay. Berkshire. Yeah. So it's outside West London. I always say, again, and maybe a bit of a mask, but it's it's next to Windsor, Windsor Castle, yeah. where the Queen lives, so in the borough. Mm -hmm. um, and I did, I kind of used that when I was in London to my advantage, especially as being a black woman in a corporate world at that point, you know, 15, mm -hmm. 20 years ago. In terms of you moving around the world quite a bit, so from Maidenhead to Crete, yeah. through to Amsterdam. What kind of drove you to do that? Was it a, trying to get away from this expectation or just trying to live your life and experience different things? I wanted to live. I wanted to experience something. And I just I intrinsically knew I wouldn't get that from Maidenhead. And even though I love all my friends and friends have stayed there and, you know, I had a, I had a really nice upbringing Mm -hmm. And I wanted more. You know, hindsight's also a funny thing because I think looking back, it was kind of an escapism. Mm -hmm. It was survival. Okay. But at the same time, it's really brought me to a place where I am right now. Well, we'll obviously come on to that because um, I think it's a really interesting story. I mean, obviously, through recent times, even as we said, beyond pandemic, I think failure to reinvention is a timeless theme. It's not like suddenly come out of the woodwork in the pandemic era. There are a lot of people who've gone through, you know, redundancies, failed business ventures, projects, job interviews aren't being successful. And obviously you're working in recruitment. 
What would you kind of say to people who feel like they've failed or they feel like they genuinely are a failure? Because I've had this conversation with a couple of my ex-college mates actually recently saying, look, hit this level in my life. I thought I was going to go on and do this. It didn't work out. Now I'm thinking, is what did I do wrong? So what would you say to people who are kind of feeling that way? Without sounding too much like a hippie, sometimes I think things don't work out in your favor for a reason. And I think you just have to believe that the, the right thing is coming for you, which is very difficult when you're in that state of panic. Maybe you need money. Maybe you've always had that job and you're, you're, you, you don't understand why you must retrain, but maybe there is a sign that says you're supposed to be on this path. And I mention it because when I started my business, Fresh Connections, uh, three years ago or over three years ago, there was a lot of clients I really wanted to work for or people I wanted to work with and, and a couple of people that I didn't get the opportunity. It turns out the project failed or they you know, ended up owing loads of money. And I kind of looked back and was like grateful that that opportunity didn't work out. Not saying that they're all like that, but I think it's really good not to take it so hard and personal. I stopped taking it personally. That's really refreshing to hear. And I, I know from chatting to a few people recently, like, okay, this didn't work. Put it down. Try something else. Let's move forwards. And, and that's great. And I think if you can, yeah, get to that place in your head and have that attitude, that's awesome. When it's a bit more personal where, okay, someone's been made redundant, someone pitched for this job, they really needed that to land, and it's their own business because they need to survive. It's really difficult, I think, to have that same mentality, isn't it? Especially when you're relying on that income to live your life and pay the bills. Yeah. I mean, I was at one point, I, I didn't have any clients and, and then, you know, COVID hit and I was like, am I being one of those stubborn entrepreneurs that just won't let go because it's my baby? I had to take the very difficult decision to look for a job. Mm -hmm. And I worked in a bar mm -hmm. and people would come in and say, oh, I thought you owed your own business. Yeah. Just because it's a step back doesn't mean that it's not a step forward in terms of giving me peace of mind. I can still pay my rent instead of relentlessly plowing energy into something that's not giving me reward back at that time. Yeah. What we think people might say or think about ourselves, which we find the most hardest, which almost propels our own insecurities in our own mind to go, oh yeah, you're right. You know, why am I working at a club or a restaurant or whatever you're doing to facilitate paying the bills? I don't think that's a nice kind of attitude because Ultimately, this should be supporting you going, look, I know you're having to do that to pay the bills, buy food and live, but I totally see that you're putting everything into where you want to get to. And so people shouldn't feel disillusioned by that. And sometimes, as you say, a sidestep or a step back could be the best thing in order to propel you forward. Exactly. And, you know, Again, sort of coming from my background, I found it very hard to talk about my feelings or ask for help. Like I said, I was extremely independent from my family, independent financially, and then in a different country. And, you know, those things are also very hard when you don't have that support network. And of course, emotionally, I have the support of, you know, friends and family. But I think it's really important to know it will be okay. Mm -hmm. And eventually I ended up in the position I'm in now. And I'm so happy I, I took that time for myself, stress and and fear and and failure, you know, they they really hold you back. And I think it's a self limiting belief sometimes. Yeah. I was researching this as a topic, and 
obviously you come across Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it's the complete opposite in terms of this subject. It's like failure, it's like it's um it's a catalyst. The failure is part of success. The failures are more important than the success stories. Actually, if you look at where you're at now and look back to what you were doing, you've learned so much and you've grown so much and you've bloomed and you know who you are, you know what you want, you know? And I think that's the other side of the the topic, isn't it? Yeah. I think everyone should fail. You really get to know who you are. I think Will Smith is completely right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn that guy. <laughs> Again, I wouldn't be the person who I am. So I think instead of asking, you know, what's happening next, you can you can chase happiness, you can chase the next job, you can chase your paycheck. But what is my purpose? What are my, you know, core values? How do I choose to live my life? Where do I spend my energy? And I think you know, when you're on your deathbed, are you are you worrying about all those failures or are you thinking, I'm glad I actually did that and I took that chance? So weird in a way how we put so much emphasis and time thought on if I don't get that job or attain that success in my life, whatever it is, to put it into context when you are, you know, not to sound too morbid, yeah. on your deathbed looking back over your life. How many people are really going to say, do you know what, I wish I spent more time at work? My catalyst for reinvention came at the end of 2019. And I was standing with a group of very loved friends thinking, what am I doing here? And I should be putting more time into work. But that's because I had a vision of success, which ultimately changed because actually my life is already successful. Mm -hmm. And again, that kind of mindset change was huge. And then the pandemic hit and I had to, you know, focus on myself and that anyway. Yeah. So I'm not saying that it's easy, always easy to offer advice, but it's worth it. Well, I think it's easy to offer advice in terms of when you've been through it and you know and understand. Advice is really helpful for anyone right now, whatever perspective it is. And I think he can speak with more authority when you've lived through something. You don't always know you're going through something difficult, maybe. I mean, I had a burnout in 2011 and it took me such a long time to go back into work. And, you know, having those triggers as well, every time I went back into an office, every time, you know, someone said something in the office that, you know, triggered a, a you know, a memory. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a long time to kind of get over that. Yeah. But again, a catalyst to being like, what do I actually want to do? What are my top skills? Who am I and what's my purpose in life? Yeah. You know, I listen to lots of TED Talks. Yeah, purpose is a good one. Obviously, it's become this huge new new phrase in a way that has always been part of branding strategy foundations. It's really come to the forefront in terms of people's life, actually. So what is your purpose? Why are you here? Big questions. It's strange how a lot of that for a lot of people is wrapped up in work. My value and my purpose was, was work. Mm -hmm. You know, if I if I say I'm an, uh, an executive assistant, what do people think of me? If I say I'm a recruiter, if I say I own my own business, if I say any kind of job role, mm -hmm. is that who I am? And and I had to say no yeah. in the end. But it's really hard when you're yeah. when society might value you as that. Actually, yeah. when I applied to work at Nike, I applied three times and I got rejected. And then I eventually tried and tried again, and I got in there, and it wasn't everything I, I wanted at that time yeah. till I realized, do I want to work in a big company? Do I want to value what I'm doing? And again, it, it goes back to these kind of core values. How do you personally use failure or failed ventures 
to propel you forward into reinvention? So I think I really learn from my mistakes. I look at what I do and try and do it better. And I was looking at um, a Japanese artist who was saying that if you just do one stroke a day or if you just do one thing a day at the end of 360 days or however long you have a masterpiece. I think that's really interesting to take a step back look at you know what what do you want to gain from the situation and then move forward yeah but i think sometimes you can physically take a step back be it a role or or something else in your life but mentally you can be moving forward yeah exactly take space for yourself letting go i mean i also try to control a lot of things and i'm really learning to go with the flow especially the creative flow at that moment and I think that's really important and any other words of wisdom yeah don't take it personal keep going that's only my words of wisdom you know endless energy I think that's the Enso sign which is a Japanese paintbrush stroke in one got it on my arm actually can you maybe describe some of the mental stages you've experienced in the journey from failure in inverted commas to reinvention because it is a bit of a cycle, isn't it? It is a cycle, but I think you don't always know what you don't know. So again, those, those roles that you have in your family, at work, in your personal life, I think it's really important to be self-aware. And once you start being self-aware, you can start to see where your process lies. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important because otherwise you won't change. Mm -hmm. And change is like the ultimate thing about failure. Like you fail and you get up and you do it again. Yeah. You become resilient. You start moving forward. I mean, I struggled with that. I thought I was very open and realized that I didn't communicate very well at all in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really believe in myself or my self-worth. And I didn't even realize I was creative until last year even though I've lived, you know, and always actually admired the creative industry. I didn't think I had it mm. in me. You worked in fashion now, didn't you? Well, you studied fashion. I studied fashion, yeah, fashion styling and fashion journalism. But that's the thing. I, at the time, I just saw this goal. I wanted to be a men's fashion designer. But again, you know, business was the most important thing to study. Mm. I wasn't allowed to go and study art history. And maybe if I'd have fought for it, I could have done it. But actually, again, this this rejection of, of a certain aspect of my life led me down another path. So that led me to work in London and work on projects and work in the city. But I was like, I want to be creative. So I went and studied fashion styling and fashion journalism, but had, you know, two jobs at the time, worked seven days a week, and I didn't really have the same opportunities. And again, I didn't know that until I look back. Mm. And I just kept on going. I didn't, I just turned up for class I went on styling shoots, I worked with models, I went to, you know, I worked with Mary McCartney once, and I, I always had that ultimate confidence. So again, I never really saw it as failure, but if I look back, then it probably would, someone, someone else would say, well, you failed in your career as a fashion stylist. But I didn't really, at least I tried it, and I learned that that maybe wasn't the path for me, but I learned so many things along with it. I don't know how people kind of, look at your life and perceive what you should be doing rather than actually well, why don't you talk to the person because it might have completely changed their mind um which you know it's just about yeah people being i don't know supportive we should all be supportive and i think the funny thing is is that we all have these fears we all have this fear of failure 
maybe they're just different failures. Maybe, you know, I used to hate public speaking. Look at me now. Um, <laughs> can't stop me. We present ourselves, that this mask again, we present ourselves as, as something else because of society. And I think if we just remove that layer and go back to yourself, then it's really important to be authentically yourself. And that sometimes is hard. Again, like I said, you don't always see your your faults or maybe not faults, but what you don't know. And until you become aware of them, then you can start to to check yourself and work on them. Yeah, but also I think we perceive ourselves differently to what we think our f- faults are, to what other people see as well. So I think we're our own biggest critic anyway. Oh, 100%. And I hate my inner critic sometimes. I actually stopped talking to her the other day like, <laughs> because it starts to try and talk you out of something, you know, and that's where, that's where your fear of failure comes from. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I'm not going to start that because I need to do this, this and this first. And if you just start it, then, and you fail along the way, that's fine. Yeah. But just start it because otherwise it will hold you back. Uh, you probably experienced working in and living in different cultures. I think there are certain societies that intrinsically make you feel like you, well, there's no point starting that you're going to fail like don't even bother um, and there's other places in the world where, that completely celebrates entrepreneurship yeah where it's like you can do this you know there's a gap there you should go for it why not and what's the worst that could happen it, it could fall flat it could fail but at least you tried it yeah and if it doesn't work move on i love that about amsterdam i really feel i came here when i was 27 28 And I feel like I grew up here as a person, you know, the person who I wanted to be because of these opportunities. I don't think I would have had the same opportunities in London to start a business. You know, everyone's got that kind of, yeah, that attitude of I can, you know, I'm a freelancer. I'm going to just start my own business. And I love it. Let's come on to the reinvention of Maxine. That's a phrase that one of your friends coined recently, right? Um, Which kind of feels like you should be bringing out an album. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what what kind of changed in your mind to help begin that process of reinvention? Yeah, that was my very dear friend, Matthew Carney, who we were laughing so hard last year. He was like, this is the reinvention of Maxine Penny. And it, it was because I gave myself more self-love, uh, compassion. My reinvention was is that I was always out, again, always had this pressure or expectation not from others per se, but from myself. I needed to be seen, you know, networking for my business. And that's why I never really asked anything from any, everyone. So that's why I built such a, a large network here. Um, and then that got taken away and I really had to look at myself. And like I said, even though I've always been very spiritual, it was sort of the demons and the war. Who, who do you want to be and going in next? And have you been hiding your feelings or... Are these people really your friends? Is this job, is this business really the business working and what you want to be doing? You can stay in that mindset for quite a long time, can't you? Yeah. And you can kind of get wrapped up in, oh, I deserve it, or yeah. I don't want to go outside, I don't want to see people, I don't want to talk to anyone, I'm going to become a hermit, I'm going to lock myself in the cave. <laughs> Were you listening to my, my what's his name? <laughs> Dougie? Were you listening to him? Dougie, get off my shoulder. Exactly, come back. <laughs> But what what enables you to step out of the cave? What what changed in your mind? I loved the cave and I I still like it. (laughs) I think it really is um, self-awareness. And also I got a therapist, which was, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of therapy and I think you shouldn't be ashamed of it. And I know, again, a few friends were ashamed to admit that they were even 
going to talk to someone else. But I also got a nutritionist last year um, who helped me with my my gut health. And I heard something really good. And it was, you can self-medicate, you can do all the YouTube meditations you want, but it, it, if, you, if it only takes 12 weeks for a professional to help you, why don't you do it? Wow. You know, and I've been trying, you know, for 20 years to kind of, you know, get myself balanced and on a spiritual level. And actually having a professional talk through those things objectively with you and work towards goals is, is you know, life-changing. That's amazing. It enables you to open up in a different way because it's not your best friend or a family member. It's someone completely impartial who doesn't really know you, obviously gets to know you through that process. Yeah. Which enables you almost to open up quicker, potentially heal quicker. Yes. And reframe your mind quicker. There you can see the results. You know, now if something happens or if there's a rejection at work, you're back at it quicker than, you know, two months here or three months, you know, worrying if you're making your friends mad for talking about the same thing. Yeah, so that's that's an interesting one, how failure, rejection builds resilience. It's time to just go, well, that didn't work. Let's do this. It kind of does build resilience, doesn't it? It does build resilience. I mean, that's why I was actually thriving at the beginning of the lockdown last year because I I built this resilience from moving different countries you know failure you know it, it the resilience is is outstanding and and it's funny because some friends who were like complaining at the beginning you know I was really trying not to judge them because I don't want to be judged myself I realized I was so resilient because of you know all these things that had happened and I was yeah I was having a great time by myself with Dougie <laughs> in the cave yeah in the cave what what practical tools can you suggest to other people to shift their thinking to be more positive how to move towards reinvention are there some practical things that that you can mention i love i love learning and i love learning about you know what i can do better and so I, I love listening to podcasts i love listening to i've got an app called the blinkist app because apparently as a CEO, you're supposed to read 70 books a year. And I'm like, that's impossible if you're trying to run a business. So you can listen to the 15 minute, you know, download, which sounds like cheating, but we should use technology to our advantage sometimes. Um, get help, get a therapist um, or a mentor mm -hmm. or someone that holds you accountable for your creative ideas. I tried that one with my writing. I've been writing a book mm -hmm. for eight years, two books. <laughs> so I need someone to hold me accountable soon. Actually, I do um, write down my aspirations mm -hmm. with a date and a time frame that I want to complete it in. That's a good one. And then I stick it on my, yeah, somewhere visual where you can see where you walk past it because it just reminds you. Mm, so you don't forget. I also have affirmations on my phone every day. Um, and I also time block sometimes, you know, like read for two hours. <laughs> and even if you don't do it, it's just kind of a, a reminder there. If you start for five minutes, you'll probably end up doing two hours anyway. Yeah. Just make sure that you've taken the time to yeah, have some space. It's kind of like uh, exercising a, a muscle in your brain, isn't it? It is like exercise. You know, if you sprint somewhere, what's your recovery time? And our brains are the same. You know, we just have to keep on practicing and uh, being patient and kind to ourselves. I think that's the other tip. I mean, looking back from the position you're in now, 
to what you would deem as failures, which other people would actually say, no, they're just learning experiences. What have you learned? I think what I've learned is to really be kind to myself. I can give everything to everyone and that's fine. But if you don't look after yourself first, then you can't give to others. And I think paying it forward and giving to others actually inspires you even more. So just making sure that you're open to caring for yourself and looking after yourself. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here right now without those lessons or failures. Mm -hmm. And I think it's always the right place for you. I don't think you should chase happiness or, or a job or anything like that or a relationship. Mm -hmm. I think you should be grounded in yourself. And again, this is only after my reinvention <laughs> in the last year that I can say this with you know all honesty. That should be the most important thing to you is your your health, your safety, your loved ones, and then everything else is an added bonus. Yeah, I guess putting it into perspective in terms of the overall picture. Still have your friends, still have your family, still living. Yeah. You're surviving. You know, your basic things, I think, you know, that's something that's become quite a thing, I think, in the last yeah, year and a half. You kind of appreciate basic life things a lot more. Yeah, we got thrown off the hamster wheel. You know, people were, I still can't believe it looking back now, queuing up for toilet yeah. paper and, and sort of, you know, fighting over it in, in the supermarkets, you know. Mm -hmm. Where is our human, where's our compassion yeah. for, for others? Yeah. And I think that's really important. Would you change anything if you went through this again? Never. Do you mean that? <laughs> I wouldn't change anything, you yeah. know. It, even when times were tough, you know, like I said, I had I had a breakdown. I wouldn't change it because it ultimately led me to where I am mm -hmm. to recognize this isn't really what I want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been an executive assistant for 13 years. Is this really what you want to do? And I changed my job, you know, role to being a recruiter, which I also didn't really want to be a recruiter, but I was like, what's my what are my top three skills? Yeah. What am I good at? And connecting people has been a thread throughout my whole life. So recognizing your 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 top skills is also really important. It's it's also strange in a way because everything that you've talked about completely points to the role that you're doing now. It kind of connects together. Yeah, it's it's like everything that I've experienced. So creativity, you know, in terms of fashion and style, media. And then add on top, you know, my passion for people working in inclusion now. It, it really has led me up there. So that's why I wouldn't really change it. That's awesome to hear. For the people who are going through difficulty, are struggling to find a job, very much swinging to a recruitment slant now. What would you say to people how to keep going, how to keep trying, keep positive in a way yeah it's hard i mean i know a friend i think she sent like 200 applications she was like why and i did some consulting with her and I, I was consulting with a few people and when i changed my career 12 years ago i also had the help of a, a hr director who i dearly love and, and will never forget she was like, what are your top three skills? And I read all the books, you know, What Colors Your Parachute and all of the self-help books about what your career is. If I could say anything to anyone, people don't look at your job title and then what you did under each company, like your responsibilities. I think that's quite old school. I think if you pulled out, you know what, I'm great at communication because I write this blog and I love social media and I've worked on this project. If you pull your top three strengths out and put that at the top, then people can see clearly how you fit into an organization, how you fit into a team and, you know, how, how you can help them. 
because that's what most clients want. They're super busy. They don't want to look at a ton of CVs. They just want to see how you can add to the team that you're going to be working in. Yeah, and also stand out. Yeah. What are you going to do to get my attention? Yeah. And, you know, a simple thing like don't put hello in an email subject. <laughs> yeah. Put design director, senior designer, open for a new challenge. So immediately yeah. it's like I know what I need right now to fill this role. Therefore, I'm going to put a search in my inbox to go straight to an email entitled senior designer, design director, or whatever role, rather than hello, because hello gets skipped. The same as LinkedIn, you always put available at the top, you know, what you're looking for in two short sentences, and just make sure you're being very clear about your expectations. Mm -hmm. And I would also say, don't become a stalker, but, you know, be a bit persistent. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't heard anything in a month, just write back and be like, hey, we'd like to check in or give them a call. I think it's one thing to be desperate, but one thing to chase people, you know, even if you want to. And that's that's the hard bit, right? I think it's hard when you really, really, really want the role. Yes. And you're like, I should have heard by now. It's been three weeks. Yeah. Uh, And you chase and nothing. And then you chase and then nothing. At some point, you've kind of just got to go, that's not going anywhere. Put it down. Exactly. Certainly don't reply with, what the hell happened? I've been chasing you. I've emailed you. I've sent the carrier pigeon. I've sent you flowers. I've sent you donuts. I'm hearing nothing back. That goes into a whole different space, right, where they're just, well, they're definitely not going to get back to you now. They're not going to get back to you, and you've kind of ruined a connection. I think there are so many tools now available. It's really easy to connect with people in a slightly different way to the traditional cover letter, CV, introductory email. And it's not that I want to necessarily talk to them because there's a job or no job. It's just about building a network in a different way because who knows what's happening in six months' time when they go, hey, you remember that chat we had? Um, does this opportunity come up? Can we now have a talk? Exactly. And so it's kind of just being a bit more yeah, entrepreneurial about it rather than, hey, I need a job right now. Um, yeah. Have you got any? Uh, okay. Can you tell me if there's anyone else you know who might have a job? Yeah. It doesn't work like that anymore, no. And I mean, that's where I learned patience and not to take it personal. And maybe it's just a LinkedIn message or something, but it's just to start the conversation without expectations. It feels relevant to summarize with Will Smith. Okay. And Will Smith seems to be a recurring theme. Okay. He was saying that failure is where the learnings are. It's a massive part of being successful. Fail early, often, and fail forward because it's where the growth is. Extract the lessons from failure in order to move forward. I agree with Will Smith 100%. I think he's stolen that from me, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. I feel like it really grows you and and helps you develop as a person and gives you, you know, empathy and compassion and kindness. And that's all we can ask of each other is for understanding and support. This has been such a really, almost a therapeutic session. Thank you. For both of us. Yeah. Because I think we've been through similar things in the last year and a half. Yeah. And I really resonate with a lot of the things you're saying. And it's kind of one of the reasons why I set up DOPA, actually. And really to speak into those issues, because they are real issues. And they don't get talked about very much. So I think there's a lot of practical tools in there, a lot of practical support. and, And just things that really can encourage people so yeah i want to thank you for your time the the care and attention and passion that you bring your heart ultimately which doesn't get said 
very much. And let's start talking about opportunity, I think, rather than failures. Yes. Because they are opportunities, opportunities to grow, opportunities to reinvent, opportunities to be what everything you want to be. No fear of a failure, opportunities only. What's that Pixar thing? I laugh in the face of danger. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should rephrase it to uh, we laugh in the face of failure. Yeah, that could be one, one of my first lyrics. Oh, yeah, for the album. Yeah, for the album, yeah. With the machine gun leg. Yeah. <laughs> machine gun leg. Oh, my God, I used to say that all the time. <laughs> just had a reoccurring memory before my, my eyes. Brilliant. Uh, thank you, Maxine. <laughs> thank you very awesome. much. This podcast was brought to you by the Department of Proactiveness and was recorded in accordance with the social distancing rules. If you are a brand interested in sponsoring future episodes of DOPA or you simply want to get in touch, please email info at thedopa.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe.